Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Profiles in Risk. I am your host, Nick Lamparelli. As my guests Roland and I prepare for InsureTech Connect, I got my hair cut, got my dry cleaning done, getting my packing going. Uh, what a better way to prep for ITC and the craziness that it's going to be than by talking InsureTech with, uh, with my guest Roland Chan. Roland is the founder and CEO of Fine Bob. FindBob is the leading provider of transition management for the financial service industry. They help firms facilitate internal transition outcomes so they can protect existing assets, recruit and retain talent, and generate new revenue streams. Roland, happy pre-ITC. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. Looking sharp as always, buddy. <sighs> got that got that haircut, got my MVP treatment, a little massage on the back, so I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> so uh, let's let's rock and roll. Roland, I, I start off every episode giving um, my guests the opportunity to do a little bit of elevator pitch. So elevator pitch, find Bob. Who awesome. are you? What do you do? Yeah. So again, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a really uh, awesome opportunity. So find Bob. Uh, we're an enterprise transition management platform that helps insurance and financial services companies encourage better transition behaviors so they can protect and grow uh, their most precious asset, their book of business. Okay. Transition. Let's, yeah. let's break that down. What does that mean? Yeah. I know, so, what, I know what it means, but let's, let's talk about the importance. Uh, how do you specifically think about transition what, and how does that affect insurance and financial services companies? Yeah, I love it. So um, transition um, for most people refers to, you know, succession, uh, M&A, um, but for us, it includes not just uh, buying and selling books of business, but it also includes um, practice management topics like business continuity, um, advisor teaming or partnering, or even merging with other agents uh, or advisors. Yeah. So it, it's uh, a lot of it is the the ability to keep the business moving forward, regardless of a you know financial transaction, a, a death. Yeah. You know, um, making sure the continuity is in place. Um, yeah. how, did, how did the idea originate? Yeah, so uh, I started my career actually in technology. Mm -hmm. And uh, about, uh, you know, a dozen or so years ago, my, my father approached me to be the successor to his uh, insurance practice up here in Toronto. Um, it was a, a great firm, uh, over 150 active agents and advisors, life and annuity practice, um, managed well north of 100 million in enforced premium. Um, at any rate, um, grew to love the business, but unfortunately, about 10 years ago, uh, a good friend and advisor of ours, John, he unexpectedly passed away, and this guy didn't have a continuity or succession plan to protect the value of his most precious asset, which was that book of business. And so it took me a year to have any of the value of John's block transferred to his estate, to his wife, Stephanie, and the girls. And by the time that happened, close to 50% of the asset had eroded, either because you know, clients discovered he didn't have a plan or other agents and advisors, they, they began poaching some of that business from beneath him. And so this had a, a bit of a cascading effect. Not only did, did John's, uh, the value of his life's work erode, 
Uh, not only did he leave his family in the lurch, and of course, you know, my, my practice, we lost some assets to attrition. But the reason why we started this company was because, as you pointed out, uh, we have an obligation to the consumer. And so consumers, they didn't sign up for this period where they wouldn't be uh, effectively having service. And it's a gross, um, uh, a gross uh, um, negligence. Right, negligence. Yes. So I, I didn't yeah. want to use too strong a word. It, it is, though. It really is. It really is. Certainly. You know, because it, it does affect them directly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, and, and it's, you know, that's something I, I think that's, that's problematic in the industry in, in insurance and financial services is these, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, either the founders or the owners, the principals of a lot of these firms are so busy in the day to day yeah. operation of their business. I got to keep growing. I got, you know, I got to hire staff. I got to, I got to manage the fire that is like directly in front of me. They don't realize that there's this important thing dangling out there that's important to all aspects of their business. It may not be urgent or pressing, but it's extremely important. Yeah, no, no doubt. You know, the, uh, the problem is, is quite um, significant. If you look uh, across industry verticals, life, health, PNC, retail wealth management, the average age of 59. And as you pointed out, many of these agents and advisors, they understand the importance of this problem. You know, we, we send them out into the communities to work with families and small businesses for a living to talk about yeah. risk management, continuity and succession. But clearly, they're not making progress towards uh, achieving outcomes, which they know um, is really their ethical obligation in, in addition to helping protect the value of their life's work. And so, you know, they, they really find the process um, extremely daunting and complex, you know, which is ironic because, you know, again, this is what they do for a living. But perhaps um, the number uh, one reason we hear is that they can't find a quote unquote adequate partner, which strikes me um, as a bit of a red flag because, you know, clearly, you know, if there are 50 buyers as the media indicates for every one seller, there clearly are inefficiencies um, in the market today. Yeah. So, that gets to, I was going to ask you, well, how does Fine Bob do that? Because there are, uh, there are law firms that do continuity planning or whatever, but I think you struck on how it is that you're approaching this is um, finding that right partner. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I almost, I, like the first thing that came to my mind was swipe left, swipe right, <laughs> right? Like, like you're using technology to pair up, find that appropriate uh, other organization, other partner who, uh, you know, who can, t can take the practice on or, or how does that work? So, so talk a little bit about this, about specifically your solution. Yeah, no, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, I think um, when we first uh, went to market back in 2015, you know, that's what um, we thought was the uh, most painful problem to solve was to create these efficiencies in the market by effectively creating a marketplace, a la a match.com or yeah. a, dating, a dating app for financial service professionals. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. And so, but the way we approach the problem, uh, in addition to creating this platform to help stimulate engagement, educate advisors, help them discover opportunities, it was to partner with those enterprises which also not only have a duty of care uh, to the consumer, 
but also had a vested interest, similar to, to my firm, right? And again, like, you know, the firm that uh, I operated was, you know, a mid-sized firm, but uh, clearly um, I had this duty of care, this responsibility to the consumer to ensure that I was assisting my agents and advisors. And so what was a little ironic was that, you know, we go to conferences year after year talking about succession and continuity, but there were no real innovative solutions sort of brought to market. And so the, this notion of a closed marketplace, which we deploy internally within large carriers or distributors to help them effectively stimulate engagement or stimulate behavior around transition activity was really sort of the, our entry point into solving the problem. But then what we realized as, we, um, as our journey progressed and as we learned a little bit more about the needs of some of these organizations was that we were actually introducing problems because we were able to very quickly stimulate the types of engagement that they wanted, but then it then became how can we help the enterprise support um, ensuring that the transition outcomes that they wanted that aligned with their business goals were actually going to come to fruition. So today, in addition to providing the closed marketplace, we provide this interface that sits on top of existing processes surrounding practice management topics like transition, like um, advisor teaming, like recruitment, that effectively helps increase productivity back in the home office as well. Because we have a really strong opinion in that the, it's not just the behavior of the agents and advisors that needs to be addressed. It's also the behavior of the home offices. Mm -hmm. So by helping increase the behavior back in the home office as well, we're helping to um, create this win-win uh, scenario that at the end of the day, isn't just good for business because we're going to help protect assets, protect intergenerational wealth transfers, increase productivity but it's going to be really good for the consumer as well. Yeah. You, you've now hinted a couple times that this is more than just continuity planning. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm curious, uh, did you always have a feeling that it was more than just continuity planning or yeah. was that something that sort of evolved as the business, as fine Bob started to emerge, did these other things start to emerge as well? And you know, you decided to tackle those as well. Yeah, I, I would say we, ha we, had a, we certainly had an inkling that, you know, this was going to be a platform that was going to be more than just continuity or succession. If yeah. you think about what some of the, the big firms like EY or Accenture will tell us about, you know, advisor succession or the benefits of things like advisor teaming, teaming is actually the antidote to the succession problem. If you can connect two agents or advisors and have them focus on, you know, joint casework or partnering on, on, uh, on different cases, then that can actually lead to business continuity, which is the foundation for succession. But we lead, we led, I should say, with continuity or succession, because that's the problem that's really top of mind. Mm -hmm. but the reality is, you know, how many of these practice owners really have an enduring business that's actually worthy of a succession. I would say very, a very small number, but the reality is 100% of all practice owners across all verticals um, 
they would be remiss. I would argue that they have an ethical obligation to put a business continuity plan in place in the event of death, disability, retirement, or loss of license. But it's how do you get started? So going back to the analogy of a, of a marketplace, it's about going on dates, right? You start connecting with people, talking to them about your interests, sharing your business philosophies, you know, maybe um, getting a better understanding of each other's interpersonal and psychological traits, which our platform obviously will help to optimize. And then it's about, you know, um, doing some joint casework, which can lead to those, again, those conversations on continuity or success. So what ends up happening? Um, do, do, do you get two partners? Do they actually merge their businesses or is there, are there agreements where it's like, okay, we'll do some joint stuff. We like each other. It's your book. It's your book. But if should something happen, we can transition ownership over to the other. How, how does that work? Yeah. It, so, um, it, it depends, right? So you can imagine that we have thousands of agents and advisors and PNC and life and annuity and the retail wealth side that are on our platform. And when they onboard, they will self-identify what it is that they're interested in. And that might change throughout their journey. But if someone is interested in, let's say, selling their block of business, they might be interested in selling a portion of their book. They might be interested in finding a successor um, over a period of time. We have um, estates uh, or you know, um, you know, executors of estates come onto the platform that are interested in fire sales. So they're looking for like a quick exit um, on behalf of the family. And so a lot of the transactional elements happen outside the platform. It's not like we transact books of business on the blockchain. Okay. On top. okay. But the, yeah. But the problem that we're trying to address, the one that I think we, we addressed in spades very early on was defrosting this frozen marketplace, right? So if you think about sort of those, um, that metric I, I, I may have shared, I think I shared a little earlier, 50 to one, uh, buyers to sellers. You did um, not. That's oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the, that's the one that the the media will put out there. But if you but if the average age of the independent advisor is fifty nine, you just by applying some you know simple arithmetic, you would think that there would be a lot more sellers than there were buyers. So on all of our fine ball platforms across the board, our average ratio is seven buyers to every one seller. Uh, and in addition to that, we have approximately 47% buyer to seller overlap. That means 47% of all of our buyers have also indicated that they have some sort of sell side behavior. Either they're interested in an element of succession or they're interested in selling all or a part of their book of business. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we've been really successful at helping to support um, activity and where we further support is either through white glove concierge service, where we will get people um, not only to connect on the marketplace, but help them with putting NDAs in place, expressions of interest, um, doing, uh, helping them narrow buyers, uh, putting together seller teasers, elements of the M&A process that typically would be handled uh, in the offline world by business brokers, they get that for free by being affiliated with one of our enterprise partners. There's a lot of legal elements to yeah. what you do. Do you, do you have attorneys on staff? Is that? No, no, we don't. And, and so we don't pretend to be legal counsel nor tax specialists. And so we'll always direct um, 
especially folks on the south side, to assemble a, a professional team of advisors that should include, um, you know, lawyers and accountants and tax specialists, etc. But one of the friction points in the M and A process is is legal costs. And so, what we will provide on the platform for our enterprise partners, um, agents, and advisors are uh, draft templates. And so the reason why the templates are helpful is that, you know, it's not going to be the document that you um, will use uh, in a potential transaction, but it can stimulate you thinking about the things that you need to address in those documents. Yeah. And if you're handing that over to your legal counsel, it can greatly reduce your legal costs because it's far cheaper for a lawyer to edit than it is for them to author from scratch. Got it. Got it. Um, I'm, I'm especially interested in uh, the part of your elevator pitch about recruiting and retaining talent. Yeah. Um, Cause that's, that's something that we see on the PNC side. That's um, uh, such a troubling aspect is yeah. uh, on, on PNC for agencies in the United States, it's finding, finding producers, young producers who can, who, who are capable Yep. And who are interested in in the market and want to participate um, in that? Uh, can you talk about that aspect of Fine Bob and how important that is, and how important of a solution that is? Like, what sort of success are you finding um, that, that your team is capable of producing? Yeah, we we discovered very early on that um, so you know book retention or talent retention was the number one problem we were trying to solve. So help in um, increase the amount of internal transitions within a distribution network, whether that be captive or independent. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, by helping sellers identify qualified buyers within an enterprise, um, that's effectively how we do that today. And so we have a, a number of uh, gamification techniques, a number of, uh, of um, features in our, on our platform that help accelerate some of those things. Um, but when it comes to recruitment, we discovered really early on that enterprises were going to out and um, soliciting new agents and advisors to come to their organization because they might have an opportunity to connect with other um, agents and advisors that belong to their organization that they might be able to partner with. Um, and eventually, maybe there will be no guarantee, but they may be able to buy into their book of business mm -hmm. and so we found that really fascinating right because if you think about the industry today whether it's life health pnc retail wealth you know for the most part we're advertising this sort of commission only opportunity right and so it's sort of this sort of eat what you kill um uh career which doesn't necessarily speak to this next generation of talent that we're trying yeah. to bring into the industry and so what we're doing today at Fine Bob is that we're leveraging the talent that is embedded in your existing book of business, the equity that's embedded in your existing book of business, and we're helping um, use that to attract external talent. So you might have an, a, a more vintage producer within your organization that is in need of finding a successor or business continuity partner. You may have exhausted trying to fill that bench strength by canvassing the advisor or agent inventory within your network. And then you can then publish 
that as an external opportunity on a career site powered by Fine Ball. And so not only are you going to say, here are the very many value, uh, value propositions that you know, we offer, you know, fantastic service, um, great products, relationships with A, B, and C carriers. But in addition to that, it's no longer just lip service. We will provide you a platform if you are affiliated with us, if you're appointed with us, in order to discover opportunities to inorganically grow your book of business. And for someone who's net new to the industry or someone who's maybe exhausted their natural market, that's a really exciting opportunity. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Um, is, is fine. I know you're in Toronto. Mm-hmm. What geographies does Fine Bob operate in? Yeah, so um, today we're in uh, all across Canada. We support the largest um, distributors of life and annuity products. Um, we're also in the U.S. We service a number of uh, P&C carriers, um, several in the, the Midwest. Um, we're working with uh, a large international uh, life insurance carrier um, that's also based in the U.S. market. So our, we, we recognize that this problem, um, you know, although we started here in Canada, is not just limited to um, North America. In fact, uh, we have uh, prospects um, that are international as well because yeah. the problem of lack of uh, succession continuity uh, in our industry um, is something that is problematic for distributions throughout the world. What do you think will be the first non-English speaking website that uh, Fine Bob will have? Oh, so geez, you know, I, I almost don't want to say Nick because I think I would give away the one of the ones that we're currently working with. Um, but uh, I would let I would say. Um, uh, Asia or the UK? How about, can I just say? Yes. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, give me a continent. That yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I gave you, a, I guess I gave you a continent and a country, but all right. <laughs> big enough, big enough. Um, so what are your future goals? Where, uh, where, where do you see this going? Like th- this could be, uh, like you, this could be international. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that's obviously seem, seems like uh, a future goal of yours. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of this from a, a venture standpoint. I, I, I think you're venture funded. Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah. So um, does this, it seems like this is the type of problem that has legs. Yeah. Like this could be a multi-decade type of, of problem. Uh, what's, uh, what's the, what's the hairy goal you'd like to, you'd like to solve? Like ultimately when you're, you're, you know, two decades from now, you look back, you're like, oh, I'm so proud of what we did for this. What's that problem? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I, I certainly get asked this from time to time. Um, you know, for, for myself, um, I, I think I'm, I'm a little bit old school. We, we certainly raised uh, venture capital back in 2017, uh, as you pointed out. But my goal is always to build and focus on uh, building an enduring business. And so for me, that means, you know, generating sort of healthy revenues, but ultimately um, enchanting our customers and our users. And so our customers being the enterprise um, carriers and distributors and retail wealth management companies that are looking to solve this problem. And for our users, that's the agents and advisors. And so from a, I, 
I believe that if we continue to focus on solving uh, these problems for um, our users and for those enterprise customers, the rest of those things will sort of play out for themselves. Do I want a home run? And do I want to have a, a possible exit for my, for, my, for my family and for my, for my team that's sitting behind me? Absolutely, 100%. But at the end of the day, I do believe this is a, a billion-dollar opportunity, no doubt. But I, I also believe that you get there by building an enduring business. So, you know, a bunch of singles, um, that's going to get us to our home run for sure. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, I would like to transition over and ask you some personal questions, <laughs> learn more about Roland. Um, I have a feeling um, by, the time, by, by the time folks are listening to this or watching us, ITC will have occurred. So we will have some sort of... Uh, premiere or something um, where I think we can give people a flavor of Roland Chan uh, in Vegas. What happens in Vegas is supposed to stay in Vegas, but I think we're going to uh, kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit, but let's learn a little bit more about you. I yeah. sent you a couple of questions I like to ask. Um, yeah. I added a couple more. Uh -oh. um, what's, your, what's your favorite vacation destination? Yeah. Do you, uh, can, you're, you're an entrepreneur. Can you even vacation? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I've I've been fortunate to to do a fair bit of traveling. Um, vacation destination. We've done a we've done uh, many trips down to the Caribbean. We've been to you know Europe, uh, South America. I I would say that my most memorable vacations have always been the road trips that I've been on with my girls. I think you know if you were to ask them, like you know they've been to all sorts of places, but whenever we've been on a road trip, whether it's been out to Boston or we've like, you know, done road trips to New York, um, to Wisconsin, you know, these, these are always sort of, uh, you know, my, my fondest vacations for sure. Okay. So, yeah. um, you're, you're, let's, let's go with that. You're stuck, uh -huh. um, on a long road trip. You're going to the Yukon territory. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can, you can only listen to one yeah. performer's music. Mm -hmm. Who is that performer? Okay, so uh, first of all, if it's a road trip, I clearly don't have control of the radio. So uh, the preamble to that would be my kids have their headphones on, and then I can put something on that I want to listen to. Okay, let's assume that's happening. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's uh, a tribe called Quest. If I, ah, nice. If I think about music, um, it's really about the memories it connects you to, and and. Uh, you know, tribe always bring back fond memories of, you know, hanging out with my friends and mm -hmm. growing up in the, uh, in the nineties and the, in the early two thousands. So yeah, tribe for sure. So you being from Toronto, uh, -huh. uh mine would be rush. No kidding. So yeah. yes, that, that would be the one if I, yeah, if rush I had to, I still, you know, that's still my gym music. So oh, nice. that's, that's the one I would take with me. Um, what tools or technology? do you use to stay productive and or organized? What's, uh, what do you like to use? What do you like to do? How do you stay productive? How do you stay organized? Yeah, so uh, personally, you know, I use um, things. You know, I was uh, uh, a big um, uh, fan of uh, getting things done back in the day. Um, I have a, my trusty moleskin, but from a, I guess from an organizational stack perspective, we practice Agile, specifically Kanban. Mm -hmm. Um, so we use Jira for that. Um, we also use Trello to kind of help communicate OKRs and project status internally. 
communication-wise, Slack's obviously big. I love the remind feature in Slack. I use that probably daily um, in addition to all the other sort of like bells and whistles that come with it. But those would probably be the big ones, you know, from a, from a productivity perspective. Um, from a sales productivity perspective, um, I, I love Copper, uh, formerly ProsperWorks. That's our, that's our CRM um, that we use internally. So, yeah. I love ProsperWorks. I've been, um, yeah. I know they're Copper now. Um, it's, uh, it's one of the big CRM issues is the integration to Gmail. Yeah. And just having it there and not having to like forward it or add some other email so it gets into the CRM. I yeah. like that it's automatically in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, yeah. If you think about, you know, the problem with most CRMs, it's, it's not that the technology is great. It's how do you adapt sort of your personal productivity styles in order to take advantage. And so anything that they can do to automate sort of that data entry piece um, it's huge. So I love it for the same reasons. Yeah. 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 Uh, what books have been influential in your business and or personal lives? Okay. Um, so startup wise, uh, I drink from the startup Kool-Aid. So any, I've, I probably read everything by, you know, Eric Reese and Steve Blanks. Um, yep. uh, I love drive by Daniel Pink. You know, I think that was a, a book that really helped shape me understanding sort of not only um, the type of uh, individual that, um, that I wanted to be as a leader, but also the type of people that I wanted to surround, um, you know, not even just this company, but companies that I've been a part of um, in my past life. I love also Great by Choice by um, Jim Collins. Um, when I, we talk about, you know, building an enduring business, you know, the, the whole notion of a 20 mile march, that's something that I, I really try to, um, uh, live by. Personally, I don't get enough time to read books personally, but if I think of one that really struck a chord in me, it was um, called Founding, uh, Finding Ezra. Uh, so I have a daughter with special needs. And uh, whenever I uh, uh, encounter a parent um, with children that are on the spectrum, I always recommend that book because it certainly helped me um, work through some of the, the things that I was dealing with at the time. Mm -hmm. um, when uh, when Nicole was growing up, yeah, no, great, awesome, great way to finish off yeah. the podcast. I will put all of that information in the show notes. Thank you for coming on and educating us about uh, succession planning, continuity, recruiting, retaining talent, all of that. Um, we will um, for those of you that are listening or watching, uh, check out um, whatever Roland and I end up filming. At ITC, we'll try to throw that up live. And so I'll just put everything up on the show notes. And thanks for taking time out of your day to, to chat with us and educate us about all of this. Ah, thank you, Nick. You know, this is an honor for me. You know, we're big fans of the show here at Fine Bob and uh, look forward to connecting with you in person uh, in Vegas. Your pleasure is all mine. I'll see you in Las Vegas. My guest this week has been Roland, Ch Roland Chan of Fine Bob. Thanks again. All right. Take care. Awesome. <laughs> See ya. Cheers. Cheers.